We can put a man on the moon, but now it's Uncle Says. our weekly podcast discussion of making videos for YouTube from China. I am Emily, and with me in the background is Peter. Meanwhile... And tonight we have a discussion for you about pre-production? Pre pre pre-production. Uh, why it's important, how we do it, why what we do it, and uh, you know, all that. Um, but first, let's get started with a little How's Your Uncle? Right. So this last week at school, because I am a kindergarten teacher, the kids came in on Friday. They had little chicken eggs, mostly chicken eggs. They had eggs. Um, and they were all carrying them around so proudly. And I asked another teacher what they were doing. And she said they, they were pretending to be a mama chicken. And if they were careful, like a chicken, and took care of their egg, maybe a chicken would hatch. But mostly the reality of the day was the kids just dropped their eggs throughout the day. So all the teachers were cleaning up egg off the floor all day. <laughs> it was hilarious. And it kind of reminded me of when they give teenagers sacks of flour to care for. Because, you know, if you have sex, you'll have a baby. Then you have to carry flour around everywhere or something. But I'd only ever actually seen that on sitcoms. I don't actually believe that happens in real high schools. Although if you know differently, tell us in the comments. Um, but this was not about having a baby. This was about being careful like a mama chicken. Um, and it was very funny. The kids were so proud of their eggs, but then they weren't really upset when they got broken. So I was kind of expecting more people to be upset, but they weren't. They were just like, eh, this egg broke. <laughs> How careful are mama chickens usually? I don't know. They don't have hands, so they're not carrying them around a school with hard floors all day. So maybe the kids did just about the right job as a chicken. Yeah, I think as so. As a mama chicken. Yeah. I mean, some of them did have little, um, either handmade nests of, like, tissue or something, and some had, like, if they had a baby doll that had a little bassinet, they lined the bassinet with, with tissue or, or fabric and they had like a little careful place where they just they kept the egg in the place and this, they, some they, of them had it in a little plastic bag <laughs> did they fashion them themselves when they went into the bathroom and... I think it looked like they brought them from home that way so I think um, probably mom and dad helped or it was the older kids had like more elaborate experience ones. Yeah. <laughs> Older kids know how to be a mama chicken. And, but I think, I got the impression that they did tell the kids, like, maybe you'll have a chicken hatch. Which these were just, like, whatever eggs your parents had at home. Which, prob we live in a city, so probably a chicken is not going to grow from an egg that you bought at the grocery store. <laughs> you said some of them were blue, though, like ducks. Oh, yeah, one had a blue egg, so she might have had a duck's egg. But you can also buy that at the grocery store here, so it wasn't, like, right. that's not... Also it was not farm fresh. I don't think any, I don't think anyone had a farm fresh egg. Or an Easter egg. Or an Easter egg. 
I at first thought they were hard-boiled. Um, and if I was a parent, I would have hard-boiled <laughs> that egg. <laughs> but no, they were real eggs, and I saw them all over the floor all day. So no chickens. No, no chickens were and born no scrambled at eggs. school. And no scrambled eggs. But, and then the other triumph of the week is I received my first cash-on-delivery package, which was very exciting. I've done it before, but I've had... So, China, it's still common to do cash-on-delivery because not everybody has credit cards. Um, and not and most... A lot of people have WePay, which is kind of like... It's better than Apple Pay, I think. Um, it's just really... It's your... We're, your, our chat, our chat thing that app. we, app, app is the word I was Chat app? Chat app is WeChat, and everybody, everybody in China has WeChat now, and then you can, there's like, you can hook up whatever money source to it and have pay people, you can pay, send money to your friends, whatever, through WeChat, it's super convenient, um, but if you don't have either of those, you can order some stuff and just arrange for cash on delivery, and... The reason why that's difficult for me is because you have to coordinate by phone with a delivery person. And um, so in the past, I've had friends handle that for me or my work handle that for me. And I was able to do it myself. It was so easy. It wasn't that's so easy. Probably, it was so good, though. <laughs> probably difficult for locals, too. We've had yeah, problems with that kind of stuff at home, anyways. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Logistically, it's, it's yeah. tough. So in Chinese. But, and it was like the first time... They called to like set up when they should come. I was like, hold on. You are my package, correct? <laughs> my Chinese is bad, so we're going to have to go over this one step at a time. Right. It could be the water guy. It could be our landlord. It could be the police. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One time, our cleaning people called to confirm that they were going to come the next day, and I thought it was the police saying that they were going to come do it. A home visit the next day because that happens and so I was like are you the police and the, she was like no I'm not the police <laughs> which must for her like I Chinese people don't know I don't think that foreigners get visited at home by the police that's a new thing in Lujo um, they're supposed to come once a month I won't say how often they have come because I <laughs> I don't want the frequency to increase <laughs> um, are any police to get in trouble yeah yeah the police are doing a great job um but yeah, so I was like, is this the police? And she was like, uh, no, this is not the police. It's, it's the dirt police. <laughs> it's the dirt police. Yeah. So, yeah, I can talk on the phone sometimes, but it still is. I still have to be like, okay, back up, back up. Who are you? Um, but I get stuff done. So you, you should do that no matter what language you're in. Who are you on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> it's just a way to answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go on to conducting business. Our channel is really growing. We went from, we just passed 100 a few weeks ago, and now we're at 140 as of as right of now. now. Um, and part of that comes from something we'd been avoiding because we thought it was like kind of a cheesy grab for subs, subs for subs, but there's some networking groups on YouTube and on Facebook. Is that correct? Yeah. 
um, that Peter ha has started joining and they are some people do come and they're like hey I'm on your channel why don't you check out my channel but some people really do just, like just in case you don't know subs sub subscribers yeah so I'll trade you you subscribe to mine I'll subscribe to yours and no the reason why that's tacky is because they're subscribers who are probably not going to watch your stuff and you're probably not going to watch right. their stuff so it's just an empty number yeah but it looks good on your page to have more subscribers, so people will just lie and and sneak their way into getting yeah, of yeah. But as Peter has found, um, there are real networking groups full of people who are really like interested in what other YouTubers are doing and who themselves are also doing interesting things. So that's like that's been a really pleasant thing to discover. Yeah, we met a couple of of nice people out there. Um, M Art. And Bob, what's her name? Bob, I, oh, I can't remember now. I'm not I sure if she listens to this anyways, but uh, our secret. Ga Ghana? Ghana, that's what yeah. it is. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, a, a numerous amount of, of people that are turned out to have interesting stuff out there that are fun to watch. And it's also helpful just to talk about with other creators what they're going through. And, and mm -hmm. it's helpful. Yeah, so you you communicate with these guys mm -hmm. pretty. Yeah, well, they have like they have like chat rooms that are. Uh, if you find the right chat room, the one that you like, um, there's. I think the one that I'm following the most right now is Pucho. I think it's a Canadian couple. Okay. And it's basically a place for creators to just hang out, or I mean anybody for that matter. I guess you could just be like a fan of finding new content creators and so it's just they just kind of like run a chat room and they do like fun little things like they have a roulette wheel so they'll like spin out some numbers and then they'll like pull up somebody's channel and everyone can look at it and they can talk about it and stuff as opposed to like some of the bigger channels like Nick Nimmin or whoever that it is like you're going to be critiqued by an expert or something like that. Right, this that's is, more targeted advice and SEO and this seems more yeah. more Friends hanging out and, mm. and it's kind of like talking a, about their mutual hobby. Yeah, like a like a, a convention of sorts. You just kind of like trade ideas and see what's working for you, what's what's for not. And, mm -hmm. and it that the the people are, um, it's it's more of an interesting place than just a sub for sub because you're actually like going to people's site and you're finding new people. Looking at their work, commenting on theirs, maybe subscribing to it if you want. Like it's not a necessity that you have to do, so it's kind of a a, a safe community, I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So that's. I mean, it turns out. It doesn't. All, it doesn't. all aspects of life are easier with networking, and you yeah. can do networking online now. Yeah, it's in not, this modern age. It's not like that. There's like, it got us like a hundred subscribers. It got like. 15 or 20 or something like that Yeah. over, you know, a week or two or something. Mm -hmm. So that's nice because it just like bolsters, bolsters your ranks. So. Yeah. And they're also enthusiastic. It, those, the people from those groups comment a lot and are a big part of the discussion over on Hello Foreigner, our blog channel. Mm -hmm. um, if you only subscribe to our podcast, Hello Foreigner uh, is our YouTube channel vlog where we tell um, Primary home. creative wacky stories about our life in China, as opposed to here, where we just talk about making those crazy <laughs> wacky stories. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so that it's exciting to have passed that milestone, and then it's exciting to see the growth go so quickly after 100. Um, yeah, because once once that popped up, and with the videos that we're going to talk about later, mm -hmm. um, it just gave us a nice little boost of like sometimes a subscriber or three a day, mm -hmm. um, and usual views. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, so let's go on to homeschool film school. Homeschool film school. All right. So we're going to talk about planning your videos and pre-production today because that's become something that's very important to our workflow. So I'll tell you a little bit what we used to do was kind of like as the week went on we would scramble around and try to think of stories and then you know when we had enough stories we'd put together the episode. Which I guess that would be like more than a year ago when we first started kind of how we were working. Mm -hmm. um, scramble for the ideas and then then as the ideas were filmed, then we'd construct what the episode was. Whereas now, just starting in the last month and then we're continuing this, in this way, what we've been doing is been collecting ideas for multiple future episodes and then planning out, we're, it's ended up being four episodes at a time. Um, and then shooting, uh, for example, all the green screen bits we shot last Friday for four different episodes. And then this Friday we're going to do the outdoor bits for those same four episodes. So we actually have to be um, fairly organized about how we pursue that just so that we can keep it all straight. Um, there's no point in getting future episodes done if you're then losing time trying to figure out what goes where or heaven forbid where this footage went and why is it missing audio or whatever so that organization is super super important um but more than that i feel like the pre-production meetings that we have so if we're filming on friday peter and i will talk on thursday for a long time about what we're going to film and part of that is is logistics of like what are we going to film? How are we going to film it? What cameras do we need? What kind of lights are we going to do? What are we going to mic this? Blah, 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 blah. Outdoor shoots, where are we going to go? You know, all, all that. Um, and then I'll make a, sh a shot list. I have a physical piece of paper where I write down and name all the shots, um, which has helped for, for uploading later. But then also what I found is, so my writing process for the giraffe ideas as just throughout the weeks I will I have a notebook and I like make a list of all these ideas that I want to shoot and previously with giraffe stuff so now I'm talking like February March on our timeline it was kind of like maybe I would mention to Peter a little bit of what I was going to talk about but we'd kind of leave it up to the spontaneity of the moment for the giraffe is just going to say whatever um, and then Peter will be surprised by that. And I th feel like that produced some interesting work. Um, but changing it, so now I kind of break down sometimes even to the, the structure of the story or even certain phrases. I'll, so I'll pitch Peter my idea and then we'll make decisions about, like sometimes Peter will be like, if you start, with the end of the story at the beginning, it's kind of a little more zing of a punchline. Or if you, you know, oh, you could mention this. 
and blah blah blah. So it's help. It helps me to firm up my creative process to kind to not only have a thought of these ideas, but then have to pitch and justify them. And then while we're going through each idea, we can also now, now that we have the green screen, we're not just putting star fields behind me or Ludo scenery behind me. We can actually have specific shots that go behind that relate to each story. So like for example, if I'm talking about toothpaste, we also now have a shot list that has go get a shot of toothpaste. Um, so it really is, it helps us be like super duper efficient and um, it enables us to get a lot more done than we would than we had working um, shot by shot. Yeah, we ended up like with having like the production meeting part of it. Well, if you if you're making those notes as you're writing them, mm -hmm. and then bringing those notes to the meeting before actually planning the cameras or the lighting or the situation, that makes it easier for us to if we're gonna do even if it's not full out storyboards, mm -hmm. but then. That helps. Sometimes us. there is story points. Yeah. And, and so that will help us plan more of what we know what the story is supposed to be. You can give me the idea, then visually I can take for that. I'm like, well, what if we take some footage of this or some footage of that? And then we can go, okay, so we're going to need this kind of camera and we're going to need this kind of light. No, we need two cameras and we'll do one outside. We'll save that one for next week. We'll do that one outside. We'll do this one inside this week. So... It's a whole process that leads up through before we actually even get started. Mm -hmm. And then that makes the next process of actually let's get filming yeah. super quick is what we're finding. And I think it means, too, that when we're, we're starting with something that's more fully realized before we even sit down to film, uh, that there's a lot less of like finding it in the edit, which, I, the, again, that work was good. Um, we like, and we'll, we might work that way still. And 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 being this organizes, being this organized means that we can incorporate those wild cards easier and more and more. It's just more tools to use. Yeah, yeah. So it is, um, but finding it in the edit is sometimes like, maybe it comes out in a way I didn't intend, which I like. I like actually being surprised by the stuff that you make, but. Um, that's all. That also puts a lot more work and responsibility on your shoulders, mm. and and this kind of brings it back to more equal. Well, yeah, I, I would say that like division of labor. I would imagine in any situation where, like, if you're working with actors and one of them pulls out a little bit of improvisation that you weren't expecting as a director or as the writer, and they surprise you with it, then that's a bonus. Yeah, and you don't want to have somebody do nothing but improvisation <laughs> and your whole idea goes out the window but it's yeah. a nice tool to have yeah and and it means all around that we can be more efficient and because I, I would say for example um i don't know i don't have an example but so i'll, I'll tell you about last week's schedule we spent from makeup and set up and filming and breakdown of our set was only about an hour and a half, whereas that had been taking like two or three hours. And that and we had spent the day before to a couple hours, I feel mm -hmm. like, 
just talking about what we were going to shoot. And that building breakdown was including like not just the lights and stuff, but also like makeup and yeah, yeah, and... a little video game playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is. It's a lot easier, and I would guess that for editing purposes, that's that that helps you get right down to work. Yep. Everything's all once once you upload and and put the numbers on everything, then I know I can just like drag it into the field and, and start cutting rather than like poking around and going like, all right, so we did 12 takes of maybe usable stuff. Right. And then I have to like cut through and be like, I'll use a little bit of this one and a little bit of this one and oh, maybe that one back there and then tape them all together. Then it, it makes more sense if like, and even for, for, for your writing purposes, rather than just yeah. kind of to like let something kind of flow out. You've actually maybe... The bits are a lot tighter. Yeah. Even without not, me having to, like, sit down and, like... Yeah, if it's not scripted, but... Agonize like, over a script, yeah. Yeah, you have an actual, like... Something, like, you know where it's going. You know where the point is, rather than just kind of, like, meandering towards that. Or just reading blandly off a piece of paper, which is a little boring to watch and yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. And I, th I think it's helping me also, as a performer, find... Like, you and I discuss the structure of each bit um, and even, like, what the joke is in a, um, in a very dry way. But so <laughs> that it can be funny when I'm doing it, when I'm performing it. And I don't have to, like, it's very, it's, like I said, it's, it's a lot tighter. I'm not searching for words. We're not doing multiple takes. I think we did one take. We did all, all the bits in one take last Friday, except for one where you were like, try it like this, and then that, so that one was mm -hmm. two takes. Um, and that was for four episodes. Yeah, and that's, so, that's four episodes worth of material. Um, easy peasy, all done. Stay tuned. Yeah, and then we can just relax, you know, for the rest of the, <laughs> the month. <laughs> that's not true. We have other stuff to film. but um, And something that I've been working with, I, so I'm a big fan of television about television, like 30 Rock or, you know, other shows like that. Um, and something that I've always seen in the background is that they have their corkboard with their cards on it. And so I've been looking a lot into, like, what actually is that for? And the way that I, we've been using it because of, I mean, it has to be tailored to the structure of our show, is so during that production meeting on Thursday when I pitch a bit and we decide what it is I write it down on a little little card um, I can show you like this guy so uh, everybody gets its own little card and then at that point because we know we didn't know at the time that it would be four episodes we just knew that it would be more than one so I wrote down all the cards we filmed everything we, we felt how it all came out, and we were pleased with that. Um, and then I took all the cards and sorted them into what made sense for each episode and, like, found that there were kind of some resonances between certain bits. So, like, this episode is about, like, health and taking care of yourself, or this episode is about shopping. Um, and so then we know, we not only know exactly what we're filming but we also then know exactly what the episodes are going to be and that like really helps in terms of editing that Peter's not like flailing around like what goes here what goes there and then also like we said for last minute bits or for for interviews as we get them or for 
if we're out and we want to film something, we can just look at the board and see like, oh, this is actually a good space for that, so let's stick it here. And it just, it really helps us move the project forward. Even, um, even if like there's not, um, if it's just, it's not just for a meeting, like there, throughout any time, like there's times like at three o'clock in the morning that I'm editing something and I'm like, oh no, what's going on here? I can just walk right over to the board Mm -hmm. And it, it tells me right there that I've, you know, I'm looking for this spot. Oh, I'll go find the corresponding folder in the computer. Uh, I mean, otherwise I would have to just wait until you woke up to like figure out what what I'm supposed to do next. Yeah. So yeah. there's, I, 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 you, there's, I'm sure lots of people can work fine without corkboard or whiteboards or something. But there's a reason why they're in every meeting room. Like it just it makes it like. Easier. I mean, I think you're, it's just it's just a means to be more productive. You don't yeah. need it creatively, mm-hmm. um, but I think it it just it's if we could, if I and it's uh, to visualize it because it's one thing to like mm-hmm. know in your head all the ideas that you want to get out, but to put them out there and to like have them to see them all next to each other helps you to kind of see. What the whole should be. No, I think even like which that, I think that's hard to do without putting it all out like physically in front of you. Even like with something like I, I was surprised, and uh, you can probably speak more about this as a writer, but to find out that novelists actually plan out like with a wall of their cards, their plot lines, their stories, where the chapters happen mm-hmm. are all little cards or you know however they each would, would work. But like to find out that like a book is being put together with a, a wall full of cards was a mind blower. Yeah. I mean, I've never worked like that myself. I've never published a, a novel. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can see how, like... Cause it's, a, it's, but... it's a lot to juggle when you... But I've, where it helps is where you have, like, a lot of moving pieces of, like, I have this plot doing this, and I have this plot doing this. When... Do they coordinate? It's it's. I think where you get into the need for this kind of organization is when you have more than one through line that you want to maintain continuity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I would say that that's one of the things. Like she can't go to the bicycle store until her tire pops, but we want him to meet her when the tire pops, and before he meets her, this happens. So. You know, then you can lay that all out and then see, like, oh, okay, then this has to happen in Chapter 2 and this happens in Chapter 5. And I would say that that is one of the drastic different things that we have Then, like, we're calling ourselves a China blog mm-hmm. because what do we define ourselves as? I mean, we're, yeah. you know, there's not a good term that a lot of people can easily recognize what it is. Mm-hmm. So, in, in, those sen- in that sense, it is a blog. It's sort of our daily weekly life mm-hmm. but we're not really telling it in a linear fashion if it if it was just a straight blog then that means i grab my camera in your perfect you know casey nice that way if you have it next to your bed you wake up you go get coffee and you walk towards the door and you put on a t-shirt and you walk downstairs and you get on your bike and you and you take all that stuff when you get home and it's all in a row you mm-hmm. download it all in yeah. a row you there's like a temporal a connection. Yeah, you don't really have. This to story about happened it. chronologically. Now I'm telling it to you. Right, and what the what's so different about what we're doing is that we're 
more like we, we keep calling it like a, a more Sesame Street, Monty Python kind of way where we're making these little compartments of different of stories that interject. Into they're like the main skits, stories. but they're kind of true based on our life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like skit blogs. Yeah, <laughs> skit blogs. Which, be, I mean, the, the reason this workflow, yeah, we the efficiency is a plus, but also I just hate working that way. I hate the pressure of, you could always be vlogging right now. Is this a story? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to always have your notebook with you and write down an idea and, and save that for later. It's another thing to be like, oh, I'm doing this. This is a vloggable thing. Okay, get the camera. Oh, also get the microphone. Get this. Because I, I like filmmaking and I like writing and I like the work that we're doing. But I also like learning Chinese. And I also like playing video games. And I also you know, have a job. So I need, for me, temperamentally, to be always dwelling on the vlog project, the vlog as a project, makes me really anxious. I hate it. Mm -hmm. So it just really helps me to know that, like, Thursday's our big planning day, Friday's our big shoot day, the weekend, if we go out and do something fun, we'll also bring the camera, and then Tuesday is our a di another planning day, which I don't need to describe to you because it's kind of boring, but, well, but, but like having these discrete, specific time instances just makes me feel better about life. And the, like it takes the pressure off of like Wednesday, I can, you know, do the laundry and do my Chinese homework and no, do... Why wouldn't you vlog your laundry? Yeah. <laughs> we vlog a lot about laundry, <laughs> actually. But the th thing is, is that you, in, in that the traditional vlog sense would be that you would always have a camera around, which means you always have to be on, which is yeah, and tiring I, I, to watch. Yeah, and I don't like that. Yeah, you watch any vlogger who's good at it in the way that you're supposed to, and they're always in your face and jumping and jinging and jumping and brum and and it's... And they also inevitably like, have a video where they're like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I just I haven't been feeling like vlogging recently. Right. And it's burnout is what it is, and yeah. that's... From like, being always on. So I don't, I don't think that's that's unique to me um, to mm -hmm. need that kind of separation. Between because the other side... I mean, I have li life-work balance between a job that is a hobby and doesn't pay me any money. <laughs> but, like, it, it's a thing I enjoy, but I don't enjoy it if it's a possibility at all times. And, yeah, the other side of it is if you aren't on all the time on the verge of possibly a breakdown, then your vlogs are like, oh, so... Guess what I'll do next is maybe I don't know. You guys want to see what it's like for me to do laundry? Let's go with do laundry. <laughs> yeah. So maybe for all vloggers, I advocate. I mean, like, does this remove some of the authenticity? I don't know. I, I, that's a whole argument over whether vlogs are authentic. Yeah. To start with, so, which is for another up. day. But it, it wouldn't be. I, I really, really advocate for making making the. T it's picking a time and having it be then instead of it just could be any time. Because I think that'll make you crazy. It wouldn't be authentic for you personally to be on all the time because... Oh yeah, I'm after, not a very yeah. on person. <laughs> after about three minutes, it would just be an on about uh, a, an aggravated vlogger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's... that's um, and it might do our numbers well. It's something that... 
with our bigger pieces, we started to feel out this kind of scheduling, but like, it's really like the last batch of videos that we made. We made this way and it worked so well that we're going to continue working this way. It works for us. Yeah, it works for us. And, um... And hopefully... We'll I mean, it's, it's super helpful too because sometimes we have, we have two camera or three camera shoots with t one or two or three audios. And so having written that down at the time because you think you're going to remember it, but even <laughs> the next day you're not going to remember what piece went where or like how many sound files you should have. And so it is, I have on set, we pre-production plan the shot list on set I check off as we go through and I write down, you know, we used the Zoom for audio, we used the iPad and the Xiaomi, my phone, for video. On this shot, we didn't have sound. On this shot, we didn't use a Xiaomi. On this shot, we also added the Sony camera. And then, then I can, the, the production, post-production Emily is very thankful for, the, for pre-production Emily. Especially if you leave the house, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it is just to know what files I need to be tracking down. And, and then post-production Peter also appreciates that because post-production Emily can put that in a neat little package and be like, this is everything you need for this week's episode. And Bingo. it's all there. So um, Get your ducks in a row. Yeah, planning is super important. It also helps that I like making lists. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely like... I'm not the temperament to be vlogging all the time, but I am the temperament to be organizing all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our that's our pre-production wrap. Um, do you have anything to add? Mm, no. Then it's commentary. Today we're going to talk about five different videos. Um, one of them is an older video that's still hanging out that it's been up for a while but we haven't actually gotten to talk about the making of it and then we have a couple that are peter took some old library footage from our entire time having a camera in china which is about 2012 to the present um he's made a couple of videos out of that so we'll talk about those and then we made a compilation video and uh We'll talk about that too. But let's start with making art in China, which or is now it's called Couple of Punks in China. Couple of Punks in China, which has been up for maybe three weeks. Oh, three weeks. Three weeks. It feels like it's been up for way longer <laughs> than that. Um, but it was a video we made last fall and that we reposted three weeks ago. And it is one of our kind of more free form. I wouldn't say stranger, but it is mm. more free form. And it just, we personally are interested in art and music and live music and performance. And so um, China, as a culture that does not encourage free expression, it is difficult but not impossible to find. You just have to look in the smaller clubs or look in the galleries around the corner. Um, and you can find some pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Um, so this was... A kind of a look at that and also a look at us as artists we open with a studio tour um, mm -hmm. and we just talk about our experience of making and consuming art in China um, it was a fun one to make we had just gotten a stylus 
that I could mm -hmm. use on my iPad to do some animation. So we did a little, I did a little animation where I doodled over um, some footage, some existing footage. It's nothing, nothing super wham-bam, but it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to just, like, I drew a little goatee on myself, and then the goatee grew longer and disappeared, and it, like... Well, it was a fun little piece, too, because it was a piece with, in a piece, talking about a piece, using a piece. Yeah, it's, it's, there's layers. Yeah, the... <laughs> The, while you did that, we we filmed it on, on on the tablet and then filmed you on the tablet and while you were drawing on the tablet. Yeah. But even more, and that was talking about, it wasn't talking about drawing on a tablet, it was talking about the Lujo Museum and museums in general, which was something that was important for us to to, to every city that we would go to. Mm -hmm. was looking for, like, what's a Chinese art museum, and it all turned out to be artifact museums, which yeah, was... Yeah, the something. best ones were artifact museums. Yeah. Um, actual art museums are not super not great. Art, not, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, especially and kind of especially of... in our part of the country. I think Shanghai has some high-quality, world-class oh, yeah. art museums. The big city ones. Um, but, but even, like, in Kunming, there yeah, was, like, yeah. maybe a, a tiny little place that would have something, but... Like and it was like a, a, that. That gallery was not even Chinese. I think it was like a Norwegian mm -hmm. company. But the or no, not company. It was a gallery. Nor Norwegian people had opened this gallery. The um, interesting thing about the big main city-owned, state-owned, whatever, however they're owned museums, mm -hmm. is why there while there are historic, the art itself is, are artifacts. Mm -hmm. So. There's a, a, a strange mix that we're not like. I mean, rather than going to the Louvre and seeing the Mona Lisa, you're going to the Kunming Museum and seeing, you know, a headdress or something from. A, right. A, so right. It, it's a different kind of museum experience, which yeah. is something we weren't used to. Yeah, um, and then on the music side, uh, we've gone to a lot of concerts over the years. So Peter. Um, put together a lot of that footage as kind of a through line of not quite a little bigger than interstitials that, that like mm. um, well we didn't want to of course play the music of other people right um, I mean some of the bands that we showed are, are actually like recording artists that you could get flagged on YouTube mm -hmm. but um, <clears throat> but just to be fair um, but, yeah. you know, we, we put the names in there and we put the footage just to show that you can tell by looking at them, like, there's different kinds of bands, pop bands, traditional bands, yeah. punk bands, metal bands, college bands and stuff like that. Just yeah, to, yeah. Just to show that there's a very, and they weren't easy to find. It took us years to put together a lot of those different concerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To find where they are. And I would say the this video on the whole... I think you had a lot to do with the whole structure mm. of it. It was a lot of your idea. Um, yeah, well, most of it was all stuff that we, between art and studio, and it's stuff that we just had laying around, so there yeah. was a lot of written yeah. pieces. I think the museum part was the biggest. That was my, yeah. my thing. Um, but yeah, so it came out It came out really well, and uh, I liked it. Oh, and then the, the during that part, too, and you were talking about museums. Mm -hmm. um, we featured the, our mystery painting of the three traditional women. 
Oh, that's okay. right. That's right. Yeah, there is. Um, it was in a restaurant that had local art on a street in Chengdu that has since been bulldozed and all, like we 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 went there when we first arrived. Xiaotong Alley, it's called, um, and it was all little artsy bars and restaurants, and they're like artists were hanging out there and we we're like oh wow okay so here's where we'll come and we'll meet all artists in china and we'll hang out with chinese artists and then the very next time we went back to chengdu they had bulldozed it down yeah they're turning into and, the subway yeah they're building the subway underneath um but there might be more to the story there but i don't know it so i won't yeah. i won't monger <laughs> <laughs> um but it was exciting and we found this one restaurant yeah that, that had, had this one painting. this really gorgeous painting and um, so it yeah Take a look at that, yeah. That video because that we feature the painting for a while there. That, yeah. Um, and it was a huge painting. Uh, we we would have liked to buy it as you yeah. put the thing. But, uh, <laughs> the. Uh, it just wasn't a possibility at the time. Yeah. Um, and it features possibly one of my favorites pieces of music I wrote. Museums, it's called. Uh, which <laughs> the Western Toilet video is just, oh, just that the, painting. That's the thumbnail. Oh, and, the, and it zooms in on the painting, right? Yeah, you can get yeah. a detailed look at the painting. Yeah. So, yeah, um, even better, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Look at both. <laughs> look at both and listen to Peter's wonderful score. Woo! Um, so our next group of three videos I'm going to talk about, um, we'll start with Taking the Day Off for Sports, which is a... The event happened in 2014? Think so? Correct, I think. And it was when we were teaching at the middle school, they had a sports day, field day, where the whole entire school um, did sport, sporty <laughs> stuff. I mean, like, like funny sporty games, like two people hold a ball up between their, they go back to back holding a ball and then like race down the field together. Like, like that like, kind of. Kind of like, not, not team games, <clears throat> but like team, like groups, small yeah, groups and things yeah. that are. Um, and then so. You didn't go to this, mm -mm. and so I took the camera, and this was kind of before we were really making videos like this. I took the camera out, and my challenge for myself was to, like, get the kids to talk on camera, which some of them spoke very good English, and some of them didn't really speak English at all, but it was more like I wanted to capture an interaction on camera. So, like, up, at that, up to that point, we were really just making, like, home videos with, with pop songs behind them, other people's pop songs behind them. Um, and so I wanted to, to see if we could get something that had a little more dialogue to it. And, you know, I wasn't going to go for, like, in-depth interviews of, like, what's the history of this jump rope game that you're playing or what? It's not any kind of documentary, just to kind of get a flavor of the day. And then we ended up making a music video out of it um, at the time. But then just last week, Peter went back to the original footage and... Because the original one that we had done was um, another person's song, a recording artist's <laughs> yeah. song. And yeah. So we couldn't really use that, but um, we were we kept thinking, like, well, what, what would we use this footage for? Like, it's, there's some good footage. And, I mean, those kids are, you know, now burned in our memory of, yeah. of our students and our friends now. Um, so we wanted to do something with it, but when we could... What, we kept going back to it throughout the years. And yeah, and to like, say as like, what could this be a part of? Yeah. Um, whereas it does, I think it does make the most sense for it to stand on its own. Yeah. 
as I kind of originally intended. Yep. <laughs> right back to where we just need an original song over it. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, it, 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 that's, it came out perfect. Yeah, it's and it's fun too to, to go back and, and look at it and redo it now of like, I think now it's a finished piece, and so it's kind of neat to look at and just be like, oh, yeah, those were the times for the kids. Yeah, and, and that the kids get their chance to just say their piece, um, even if it's just must. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, like, I liked to get the chance to let the kids stand on their own rather than any kind of my voiceover explaining who they are, or and I feel like there's enough context. You can tell these are these are high school kids fooling around on a sports day. Yeah, they get so, a day off. They're, yeah, I mean they're still on campus because that's where they live. Yeah, but they don't have to study that day, and they get to run around, so they're very happy. Yeah, they were having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I liked how that one came out. Um, mm -hmm. Taking the day off for sports. The next library footage video we put out last week was a remote. Peter and I have a disagreement over this. Peter remembers it as a birthday party. I remember it as New Year's, Chinese New Year. And it's possible that maybe it was both. But this was a night that we went out to dinner in 2015, I believe. Mm -hmm. It had just become 2015. And it was the year of the sheep, I do remember that. Um, and we, so this was when we lived out in the countryside and we'd go out to this little suburb, this one, one street town, um, no horses. And there was this one restaurant that we would go to all the time. And it was also the one restaurant, it was like the big restaurant of that part of the countryside. Everyone would have their wedding receptions there and we crashed a couple weddings. And it really just looked like a, by accident. a, a v, VW hall, what are they, what are those? Yeah, VFW. VFW halls. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not... Super fancy, but it was like it was the, like the event place. Yeah, it was essentially outside, it felt like. <laughs> um, but so this night, we went for dinner, and there was this other group there having a good time, and they invited us to join them. And so Peter just kind of filmed our interacting. And what's significant about this is that I had enough Chinese. I can tell now, looking back, watching back, like, the the times where I'm misunderstanding what they're saying um, or not saying back an answer quite to their question. Um, but I had enough at the time that I could have a conversation. So you get a lot of um, just me talking to other people. And because Chinese people in our, in Luzhou, Luzhou people, Luzhou Ren, um, they don't have a lot, they, they haven't met a lot of foreigners. Um, so they're always very interested to talk to us. And so just quite by accident, the way that we're talking is very interview style. Like they're asking me a lot of questions about who I am and what I do. And so it is kind of like we have a little video of me being interviewed in Chinese, which is, is pretty cool. Um, and we made the decision partly out of, well, not quite laziness because I did subtitle it. Yeah, originally. Originally. And then we took the subtitles off because you can either tell from context what's being said or very often I translate into English for Peter what's happening. So the meaning is all there. And Some of the subtitles that you would put on the original <clears throat> one were actually just, I'm not really sure what she said here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and more, we didn't... 
really need you to have you the audience to have the feeling of like it's not a hard-hitting piece of, of you need to know yeah. every word it's more the experience of like this back and forth between um two cultures well it was a nice one to get to because <clears throat> it was being tie-in was just and when we say one street it's like not even like two or three blocks long it's, it's yeah it's like yeah. one block and the, the street. side streets are are not actual like, streets yeah they're like, pedestrian yeah like back markets and <laughs> so uh <clears throat> and we were going there for a couple of years yeah almost on a n nightly basis because yeah. that was the closest place to eat you're not going to eat on campus because you don't eat kids food yeah <laughs> but uh the so we would take a bus out there and people would see us and so everyone kind of got it their own shot over the couple of years to when they got close enough to us, maybe they were sitting next to us one night at dinner or one night at barbecue or one night for one day for lunch. Mm -hmm. So many people would kind of, they knew we were coming back, so maybe they would be a little bit shy. Mm -hmm. And so these people had seen us a bunch of times. Yeah. They said over, yeah. over the time. So we finally, like, they're, they're, they're there at a party right next to our table. That was finally the time to be like, Get over here. Yeah. We've been dying to ask you that. <laughs> but they invited us to karaoke the next day, and we didn't go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, I mean, um, is such a common thing, especially, like, out there. It happens in the city, in our big city, which isn't, yeah. you know, Beijing yeah. or anything, but it happens enough where it was fun to finally get that as a regular happening. Of, like, that's what... Yeah. If, if you go out every night... That kind of thing happens just over and over and over again. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it's mean, never really anything upsetting. It's it's yeah. it's more like, and it doesn't even take that long. It's like sometimes fifteen or twenty minutes that you're just kind of like, all right, well, thanks for having us. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but it was good to get that on film. Yeah, it was cool to film that, and and then, I mean, what? So you did make kind of a clip show of that video at the time. Yeah. What would you say is different? Is there are there other? Oh, differences the music between? again. It was the same okay. thing as the other one. We used uh, some. Yes, I forget who, but some other music mm. on top of it. Okay. And. Is the edit different, or it's just, just only slightly? I think I used a little bit more. I could clean it up better. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. okay. It was mostly no subtitles, little cleaner edit, mm -hmm. and original music. Uh huh. Okay. So this is kind of like a remaster. Yeah. And we re-songify. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, we don't, we didn't, we, everything about like what we do now is we don't really want to put anything that's, you know, uh, especially with YouTube the way it is now. Yeah. And we've already talked about this. We, we, we have the ability to make all of our own stuff. So there's no excuse for us to put anything that's old just because we don't want to remaster it like yeah. If we yeah. use somebody else's song, it's now time. If we ever want to use that footage again, redo it, put a new song in, or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But the 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 point with this and the next video after this is that um, this is sort of the end of our footage of leftover stuff that we haven't used. Yeah. We kind of talked last week about um, the state of the draft videos that we're kind of cleaning house on footage that we took from February on and like with, so we're starting a fresh cycle in that regards and then so on the greater scale Peter's looking back 
at all of our library footage because inspired by we got a new hard disk and so we're setting up a new file mm. system on the hard disk for storing our 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 movies going and back our, to organization our, yeah and so he's kind of um going back you've moved the library over and this is a good time to go through that library and like kind of dust off some stuff and say oh we didn't actually ever do anything with this um and so that that's kind of what inspired this yeah for this house cleaning <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good stories. Like oh, we wouldn't we we same thing. We we're gonna go back and and do a new whole written piece for sports day, or for this birthday party slash New Year's, or for the next one after that. Like we just have the or the the big and the, they they're not one. pieces that would really fit into what we're doing as a segment. Yeah. Without extra context. But there were good pictures and there were good stories that we just wanted to make sure that like we use at some point so it just made sense like let's just make this like really straightforward clip and people pieces. responded to that yeah. like <laughs> almost frustratingly for what they were of like yeah the, the minimal work yeah <laughs> i don't want to diminish your contribution but it, it was really easy um and that that like right away they got pretty high numbers and and mm -hmm. and lots of positive comments and like that's great. It's great that you like it, but we worked really, really hard on this one. <laughs> but your theory is kind of like we can drag, we can invite people in with this somewhat more conventional, con conventional for YouTube in that it's not overproduced and it's not um, any kind of experiment. Um, it just is like these scenes. That's what people are used to seeing on these home movie scenes. Yeah, that's that's, that's what, what people, people are, are used to. Yeah. Um, so then, if you get to know us through those home movie scenes, maybe you'll like somewhere. to see the entertainment things that we're making. Yeah. Um, we hope. Um, and then, so the last one in this series of library footage is my favorite city in China, which is Luzhou. That's the city we're oh. in. Um, so it's just. Eight, eight years of footage from Lujo? Yeah, and not even that that much of, of, like, it's not fully that period, but there was, like, yeah. lots of little bits and pieces of, of things that were, like, here's, like, a couple minutes of footage of us hanging out with some people or some couple minutes of... Us so this one is real collage Yeah, super clip show. collage of, of just, like, some great shots from strictly around Lujo that was, like, eh, maybe we've used a bit here and there like as interstitials or something like that or maybe it was stuff that was like well i just don't know what to do with this but it's just too good looking and mm -hmm. so as we were going through all the stuff the idea of as we've hit 100 videos now mm -hmm. um getting this together of of establishing like you're saying with with getting people to recognize a standard vlog look of a whole movie look Mm -hmm. We're trying to get people on board of of who we are and who our city is. So I thought it was kind of important to get a video in there that's like introduction to our city. Like we are about our city. We're not about traveling in China or or you know not that we won't do that, but like yeah, mostly yeah, our story is about Lujo city life and Lujo specifically as opposed to Shenzhen or Shanghai or one of the other bigger cities where more foreigners live. Yeah. Um. We're we're focused mostly on telling us the story of us 
in Luzhou and the friends and the people that we meet and what this city's about. That's what makes us new, 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 new unique. <laughs> is that there's there's so many vloggers that I mean tell your story about your. There's a guy in Qingdao. There's a couple in Shenzhen. There's you know. Mm-hmm. I don't live there, so I want you to tell me about those places. And ours is a tiny little town that no one else is in, so yeah. that's our story. Yeah. And so a lot of that footage was older, but we did also use some wheelchair footage, which we kind of talked about what that means last week, mm-hmm. um, where we take the... Peter used a wheelchair for a while, and now he doesn't, but we have the wheelchair still. Um and we experimented with putting a tripod and then a gimbal on the tripod and then driving it around. And ultimately we decided it's not that much of an improvement on just holding the gimbal for the pain of packing up the wheelchair and sticking it in a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> there's, two types of ta- there's two types of taxis in Luja. One has like a... Is that a hatchback? Is that what yeah, like a little regular car. Um, where the whole wheelchair can fit in the back and we can close the back. But then the other kind of taxi is a oh, sedan right. where you just have to like hang it out the back. Hang it out the back. It's never fallen out the back and mm-hmm. we've done it quite a bit, but it is like it's shortened the life of the wheelchair, I'm sure, by <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's rattled. It just gets like because it's sticking out of the trunk and then the trunk's just going like bang, 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 bang. So it's not Fortunately, Peter doesn't actually need to use it anymore, so... And, um, and and it turns out that the actual chair itself, like, when it goes over any little bump, there's, like, no shocks or... Yeah, so it, it's... It, she'll do a shimmy shake. Yeah, and, and it's, it's if the really ground is smooth, it will be, a, like, a super cool smooth ride. Mm-hmm. But, but there, then, like... That's not what China... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ground is never smooth. Our sidewalks always have, like, decorative stones and stuff in yeah. it. Um, so you might so, save your, your arm from holding it out. Yeah. It, it gets tired. That's why we were thinking, like, well, we could just put it on the, on this little fake robot that we made, and we could, like, push it around for, like, an hour. But then we're And like, it was fun that... So this the footage that you used, and it will be in future videos maybe as well, possibly. we went down to the river, um, Changjiang River, or the Yangtze, It'll be in this week's video. Um, Whenever that comes out. And it was a holiday and it was a beautiful afternoon. So everyone was out walking by the river and there's like all these tea houses and, and it was just like really lively and fun. And as we were setting up, these old men came by and they're like, what are you doing? And they were like so into watching us get everything set up. And then like when they saw what we were doing and then we like kind of got going and they're like, oh wow, that's so cool. And then it was like, oh, this isn't quite right, and so we made some adjustments, and one of the guys, like, jumped in to help us. Yeah, they were helping us tie it down and fix the the pillows (laughs) and adjusting the wheels. It was the perfect old man Saturday afternoon project. (laughs) (laughs) They were really excited about it. And then they, like, we were filming, and then they were just like, I wish they were walking in front of us. That would have been awesome. But they were walking behind us just being like, "Mm, Mm hmm, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. yep, yep, yep. Doing a good job of that. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we don't need making the scene. We're the, we we we're not going to abandon the gimbal, but the wheelchair for now is not. Yeah, it's, it's not, not doing what we want. If you're saving the 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 strength for your arm of actually holding it, um, the strength of us 
getting it into a, a, a cab and taking yeah, it all the yeah. way across town is not. And then for it to also still be bumpy is like yeah. okay, it's more, it's easier. Our our robot is retired. Yeah, retired, <laughs> retired for now until I figure out if I get awesome. into like car mechanics or something. <laughs> like, stick some shocks on there. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. Um, but yeah, so that's um, that's our favorite city in China is Luzhou. Ta-da! Um, so go check that out. And then our final video for today is Five Reasons for China, <laughs> which is actually somewhat of a marketing ploy. Mm. Um, it's actually five segments from other videos that we feel like just didn't get the recognition that they were due. And also we have all these new people coming into our channel and it turns out people watch the new video, but they don't necessarily, and they'll watch future videos, but they don't go back to watch the old videos. And so these were pieces that we felt were really strong, and then also kind of got lost within the episode they were in. It's um, and it, it it happens with I, I, almost all the YouTubers that I've seen, and it's really frustrating to a lot of them, us included. Uh, but in particular, since a lot of people are doing things as like how to, let's just take our genre of China. A lot of people will for like a year put up like a hundred videos that will they'll be like, well, so since you've just got to China, and here's how you. You, you pick a school, you pick an apartment, you, you know, all your basic, how, how do you live? And then they'll do a hundred videos on that and then they'll start to get some subscribers and those subscribers will, will all ask the same questions all over again. So these poor people have to like, be like, I made a video here and I made a video here and I already made three videos on this and I made, so everyone kind of goes through this when people start to get questions. Um, and ours is just that, like, we have some really good movies that are, like, ahead of our time. It's mm -hmm. no one was watching at the time, so. Well, there was one specifically, I can't remember which one. We had Thanksgiving. The water going out. The water going out. That might have been the one. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so the we have a story about the water going out, which comes from what we called Mega Shorts, which was a compilation of, like, nine different nine. vlog stories which at the time was like the most we had put together in one video and for whatever reason people weren't interested in that as a compilation but we really liked that as a story and we felt like you know it wasn't being well served in the middle all nine stories are great yeah all nine are so, great and, the, and this one was really good so like we wanted to give people a chance to discover it again and then by putting together this group of five it also functions as like if you don't know our channel Here's an introduction to what we're about and what our visual style is and what our kind of quirky worldview is. So it's like a great introductory best of mixtape kind of thing. And then we also, did you make a playlist? Of? Of, of the, I mean, we, we talked about this and maybe this is my job. <laughs> um, so we have these five segments that come from five different videos and... So, yes, this is our introduction, but also go back and watch those five videos, and we're going to put oh, together... Oh, yeah, in the description. Yeah. Yeah, and then on the video itself, there's yeah. a, a link. So, we, as, like, to take advantage of the, the hypertext link nature of the internet, um, you, can, you can stay here, and this will lead you off on five different paths if you want. Um, so, hopefully, it, it's, it's functioning as an attractor for people to our channel to watch... Our old work. That's 
all we want. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, it's 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 a little test to see how it works, and I mean, so far it, it's it hasn't been a week, and it's two hundred and thirty-six mm. at least. Um, Which I wonder, we should look at the traffic to the the old videos. Yeah, after like a week or so, when, yeah. the, when the numbers come in, <laughs> and see if that actually yeah worked. We um, can we can update you maybe if. If it's interesting, yeah. <laughs> if we have an interesting result. Well, I mean, if there's any other YouTubers out there, they might find that interesting too. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't redo your video. Just yeah. make it. <laughs> just put it up again. Well, one thing about YouTube too is also they don't want you to repost the mm -hmm. same video. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's that's. And for us, I, I I wouldn't want to just straight up repost right. the same thing. That doesn't make that much sense. Um, you could take the video down and then repost it or whatever. But yeah. there's also, if if we're giving you like 20% of a video as, I mean, it's like, we're, we're, like we're calling it like a, uh, like a mixtape or like a sampler. Like mm -hmm. you, uh, a, anyone would send out like, these are five bands that we think you should go out and buy their albums from our, our record company or something like that. So go check out these other five videos. Yeah. There's lots of other good stuff inside of Cause there's I, yeah there was that one that got lost in the mega shorts and then there was one, I forget which one but we felt like maybe knowing what we now know about editing and and story structure was not necessarily well served by the placement in the original video. Was that in this video? Yeah, there was. There was. Could be in any of them really. Oh, uh, I should have. I should have. I, I I remember. I, I just forgot. I'm we did. We did edit the, the the water one. The water one. We took a chunk out. Yeah, and then what else? Yield. Same. Yield. That's what it is. Yield for Chinese traffic or whatever. It's a story about crossing the street, and it comes at the end of its video. And we felt like people maybe weren't making it to the end of that video, mm -hmm. and it is like one of our strongest pieces. We felt so. It was like if we put it if. If we give it a different placement in this video, will more people see it? Right. And I, there's also the... I mean, that's the tough part, is that um, before you find your audience, which we're still trying to do, is we, we could have... We put it at the end because we want you to watch the whole video. But if you don't make it there, then you don't watch it. We could have put it at the beginning, and you might have watched the beginning of the video... And then missed all the other like ten other parts that we put <laughs> that's in. That's been the frustrating so, thing of like yeah. and that's people decide. I think people have it ingrained like you never watch a full YouTube video mm -hmm. and like. Okay, yeah. if you're if you're bored because you think this thing goes on to the end, well, different things are gonna happen. But if you're annoyed because you liked this thing, but then you didn't like the next thing, like. I don't, I don't know what to do to get people to watch right. longer. I, I don't think that it's... Uh, um, people are used to having like uh, uh, a segmented show like Mr. Show or Monty Python or everything on YouTube is about one little clip. If yeah, it's skits, even, it's a, even sketch stuff is like it's one skit. Yeah, so you don't really have like... These skits might be like 30 seconds long or they might be three minutes and there might be 10 of them in this five minute piece. So if someone turns it on, they're like, I don't like the color green or this person's right, hair. Right. That means they're turning it off and they're going to miss all the other ones. So yeah. we thought like in this, in this sense of like making a sampler, 
mm-hmm. and calling it with the marketing idea of calling it the the five reasons. I mean, it's a yeah, because list list. Yeah, there's going to be five things to pay successful. attention to. Yeah, that's right. the only way to keep people's attention. <laughs> Call back to number eight will surprise you. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not that we've invented a new genre, but for YouTube, I think it's unusual for people to put together a fully produced multi-segmented piece of yeah because we've gone back and forth with the idea of like maybe we should just chop all these up and just do like two or three minute videos but that's not what we want to do we like making a whole piece of i think originally we were like happy with that idea and then when we started building these longer pieces with these multi-skip pieces like there's actually it actually has a nice resonant to have different approaches to an idea Mm. uh, or different ideas alongside each other. Like, I wouldn't want to go back. Like, maybe it would make sense to excerpt a segment and put it out on Twitter or something in effort to be like, watch watch everything. But as, as far as a completed piece, I want the completed piece to be all eight segments or whatever. Well, it makes sense that with, like, stuff with... It's all the big shows like SNL or Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. Like, you've got to... How long are those shows? Hour, hour and a half or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, And the stuff that goes viral on there is... that It can't be more than four minutes, I think, is, like, right, a, a time right. thing. And then, I mean, on top... Some, there's something I was just watching that was... It's something like... Like, almost all of the traffic on mm-hmm. YouTube are those clips. It's mainstream TV. It's yeah, given to you yeah. In these which three minute feels clips. very unfair. Yeah, totally unfair. And, and, I don't want to compete with SNL. Right, uh, yeah, we just can't do it. And and so everything is in, in those formats. So even like the big shows themselves, Conan O'Brien, you, you, the, yeah, I guess you're not watching a half an hour. There's no expect. Yeah, he's made a show shorter, <laughs> and you're still not watching the whole show. No one's watching a whole show anymore, I right, guess. Right, I guess, because, well, get it on YouTube. You yeah. The, the one, two, yeah. three-minute clip or whatever. Yeah. So it's just weird to actually just make... Just Yeah, it's weird to make something as a... This is a clip, not a clip show, but like a, a variety show... Yeah. It's five minutes long. It's chock filled with tons of stuff. And there's a and whole that's hopefully greater than the sum of its parts. So watch all the parts. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the, this actually makes, as a theme, there's variations on that theme. And it's only like five, ten minutes tops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's different scenes, different scenarios, different characters, different locations. And, but. The vocabulary for the watcher isn't out there. They just don't expect yeah, something else yeah. to change. So that's so we're hoping that some of that is audience education, and once people know what Uncle Foreigner does, um, they'll know to watch to the end. And, and who knows? Maybe YouTube will sell the change. There's a lot of people that are really upset with uh, another thing. I was just seeing that is uh, Instagram. They've already done it in Canada, or taking away the likes and dislikes system. Oh, and there's some a lot of talk. So should YouTube do it? And um, because people don't look at they, they they look at those numbers and there's any reason why people have different reasons for hitting like or dislike. You could mm-hmm. dislike somebody's hair. You could dislike somebody's music. You could just yeah. dislike. I don't like. Thanos. Right. And so it's not really a fair way to judge. I don't like women. Yeah, I don't like women. I don't like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. So 
I it's, don't like Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I'll go on the record. It's a choice as to, like, you're, you're looking at those numbers and thinking, like, well, everyone gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, so I'm not going to choose that. You're not choosing as a content. So it's not fair to anybody to really mm. choose things like that. But, I mean, if it's out there that enough people are complaining, that if they're doing it on Instagram, yeah. they, they might do it on YouTube. So Well, if, if that does end up fostering real engagement with the video rather than, like, the statistics of the video, that would be um, a good thing, I think. Yeah, watch it and choose for yourself. Also, um, some, I think, for our statistics specifically, our watch time generally tends to be higher in the first... I don't know, whatever period of time, first couple hours, but mm -hmm. when it's our, our subscribers have been notified and then they are watching and they tend to watch longer. Mm -hmm. And then when you go out and put it, the links on Reddit and, and social media, or if people are finding us on search, that's where we're an unknown quantity and those people are watching much shorter. Mm. Um, so I think we do, it's not like, this is how averages work. It's <laughs> not that everybody's only watching two minutes. We have a population that's watching closer to the full thing, and then we have a population that's only watching the initial part because they don't know who we are and then decide they're not into it, which, um, for now, that deciding population is much bigger than our subscriber base, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, hopefully will change. Well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's what's supposed to happen is that you're supposed to be getting it out there to new people to so people have a choice to... To give it a shot. Yeah, but um, if people, like they say in sales, a returning customer is, is way less expensive than a get, getting a new customer. And mm -hmm. so I think like you, you need to have your returning customers. Yeah. Um, same is true for you too. So, customers, where are you? Yeah. We're looking for you. Um, but so yeah, this was one of our different ideas for a little bit of outreach, a little bit of salesmanship. And within, I mean, what we can see in the last <laughs> week, it's, it's done... That's done well for us. Yeah, you said um, even the last time we posted a video was Friday. We were filming this live-to-tape stream on Tuesday, Tuesday that we're still getting pretty good traffic throughout the day, whereas it used to be like, post a video, traffic, 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 nobody. Yeah. So at least we still have like a solid base of watchers. Um, yeah, which they that's trickle a good in sign. an hour, two, two or three views an hour. Yeah. Um, throughout most of the day, which is, we're out there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just skimming along the bottom yeah. of the ocean. But. <laughs> and it, it's not that, like, everything goes away if we're not actively posting every day, which used to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very frustrating. <laughs> um, but let's wrap it up with Watch It. Watch It. Our Watch It this week is a show called Rainy, which is on Hulu? I think so. I think it's on Hulu. Um, it is a show centering around a... It's So in real life, he's a comedian. He's an Egyptian-American comedian. And then in the show, he's um, a young man who just got laid off from a software job, I think. And it's a kind of... It is a comedy, but it also, you know, a dramedy mm -hmm. with heart. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's... I would say this is kind of an emerging genre of, of like, comedian or author-centered not-sitcoms that are, like, character pieces. Mm. Um, Master of None, I would 
maybe call yeah the the genesis of this where it's it's like definitely centered around a single person's point of view and it tells you know multiple it's not a workplace sitcom it's not a it's not it's not it's no situation it's just like following mm. them through their life and i think you know this one for us he's he's muslim he's observe he's, he's an observant muslim who has you know questions about his faith and he has a community that all engages with that faith um, in different ways, and it's, for us, we're not Muslims, and I don't um, personally know many Muslims. I know some, but mm. you know, grew up very Christian, Christian society. Yeah, none um, that are close friends. Yeah, and so it is. It's an interesting look for, from my perspective, as an outsider to this community, to see this community, and, and it, it's really. I, w- I would say, like academically, there's a, a lot of plot points that you're like oh yeah i i read about that and yeah and they're they're actually telling you their life story so it's like wow i never thought how that would yeah impact a person's life as a normal regular human being like we all are so it's yeah so it is it's a good it's an interesting perspective voice that's not often represented on screen and then particularly in this climate i think um humanizing people who observe the tenets of Islam is, is a good thing. Mm. Um, but also it's funny and it's got heart and it's like his friends are hilarious and then mm-hmm. his sister has her own journey. Um, and his parents, you know, are, are first generation immigrants and they yeah, have so their story. generational story. story yeah. Yeah. And you, you have um, all, all kinds of characters who haven't gotten representation on TV. Uh, in yeah. in an entertaining package, yeah. I don't I don't want to lean too hard on the representation thing, even though I think that's like so important. But it's also very funny and very good. Mm. Well, it's an interesting thing too. Like like Master of None um, is is a good one. Um, but it's it's funny because like you, I've listened to, we listen to a lot of like podcasts and and comedians that are in that group or around that group or hang out with with different kinds of other comedians who are getting their scripts and their ideas and bringing their stories from the stage to the screen. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of it keeps coming back to Margaret Cho as an influence. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't even remember when her show aired. 92, I think. Really? All-American Girl. Yeah, which was a jaw-dropper at the time. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't terribly successful but the fact that well, and she still... she herself has issues with how Korean American families were being portrayed on yeah, yeah. As, as a as but a as a sick and that was a sitcom yeah flat out um, sitcom but the thing is that that having an impact now on what we're seeing on TV mm-hmm. is really important and interesting yeah. to, to 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 see people are calling back to that yeah I guess they a lot of these because they're pretty young comedians they yeah, must have, yeah. like, had watched those as little kids, like, rather than watching, I don't yeah. know, like, Punky Brewster when I was a kid or right. something. <laughs> they were watching Margaret Cho, which yeah. is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and then it's produced by a company called A24, which is an independent film company. So a lot, a lot of talk is about, like, is beautifully shot. It's very cinematic, and it is, like, they... It's in New York City, and it is, like, it's just, it captures the city really well, um, I think. And 
another behind the scenes tidbit is that's produced by Gerard Carmichael, or it's, uh, another producer is Gerard Carmichael, who was, I think, part of the writing staff as well, who he had a great sitcom. It, this was, was a sitcom a couple years ago called The Carmichael Show, which was a pretty open homage to All in the Family, but just with a black family at the center of it. And it was it was canceled after two seasons, two, which was... It was a shame. It was such a good show. Yeah. And, and Gerard himself is so funny. And then he just had a stacked cast of who was his family. Mm -hmm. David Allen Greer played his dad. Hilarious. Um, his mom was somebody who I was not familiar with, but was just like, a, she, she was a force. Yeah. The, whole, the whole cast was great. With. Whole... Tiffany Haddish got her big break there. Mm. Um, Lil Ray Howery, he was pretty funny too. Um, and so that, it's interesting, I mean, that show, as an All in the Family homage, it did, like, it tackled the social issues of our day, so this is a, a sneak, watch it, watch that too, <laughs> um, tackled the social issues of our day through the lens of this family who all had differing political opinions, and so, like, you'd have, you know, Meathead and Archie fighting about the draft or whatever, what, was that the draft where they fight, I don't remember. I think it was a lot of the time Vietnam. period, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So the updated, they kind of talked about was it okay to go still go see Bill Cosby or you know yeah. diff different social <laughs> that was issues. A whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was it was deftly handled, and so it's neat to see him um, on on another project that is also very like socially aware and entertaining. Yeah, and, and, and again, uh, other uh, I would call now a, a sneak-in-watch-it of Marker Cho. Um, <laughs> like now there's like, because in a way, like, if he's a, a producer, executive producer, mm -hmm. like now that's making him another, like, level of old guard bringing in new right. people. So Which like, I think he's, like, just 30. Right. <laughs> but still, like, that, that we're, we're getting layers of different voices on top of each other that are... Influencing different voices, though. Yeah, different yeah. stories, I think, is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say is the kind of it's great. It's very young energy, but the I think where so we just watched the episode that was told from the sisters' point of view, which was very interesting. But it also was like all about dating because I don't know. It kind of it bugs me a little bit like oh if it's a woman's issue it has to be about her dating life mm -hmm. um that she she wouldn't have other stories that needed telling um but it was a well done episode and, and that actress the, who plays Remy's sister is is very good um but I, I think it's funny that this is like kind of a new genre of character led co comedian comedy cause now in in the short couple of years between now, Master and None, Master of None, and now, bespoke comedies. That's what I call these. There's already genre conventions of like you have the episode told from a different character's point of view, and the main character doesn't appear at all, or you have the the episode from childhood again, where the main actor doesn't appear at all, mm. and it like. Well, another feature of these shows is that they tend to be shorter runs, 
six to ten episodes. So it, it like you give whole episodes over to other ideas, which is cool in theory. Um, and also in practice, there's sometimes good episodes. But it's weird that like to me, all of a sudden, it feels like. Well, I I think there's a those episodes were good, but they also felt like checking boxes of like, oh, this is where we do the episode where we flash back to his childhood. I think that there's because it's kind of like I I don't I'm sure there's other examples, but it's kind of like the template of of Louis. Yeah, yeah. So maybe before Master of None, you did have Louis. Yeah. Um, kind of pushing that that dramedy. Character study, <laughs> smoke comedy, um, but yeah. So we're not. It's, it's supposed to feel genre exploding, but you've also you're also. I don't know, and it's not that big a criticism. No, I guess right. I just I wanted to point out that I noticed something, <laughs> um, and and give a little shade to that the main the the character the sister character only gets attention to. To do a, a sex and dating story, because um, women right. women do have more things going on in their life. Than well, that. I, I would say um, there would be, I don't know, something like better things that we've already covered. Mm, um, yeah, uh, where you are getting from a woman's voice in particular, mm-hmm. or the um, uh, let's see. But what? we have like one Pamela Alden, and we have seventeen million. Oh, right, right, guys. Right, right. it it takes a woman's show. Yeah. To actually yeah. tell a woman's story. <laughs> yeah. Don't go asking the guy to tell you that story. Yeah. So Shrill, I'll point out, Shrill, is another, is another yeah. woman's story about, um, it's based on a memoir by Lindy. We covered that, didn't we? Lindy Wiest, did we say? I don't think that we did. Oh. Maybe no. we did, maybe we did. <laughs> it was about, and then she's a, she's a fat woman, um, and so it's about being fat, <laughs> um, which I put it bluntly because the show puts it bluntly as a celebration and yeah. and also an examination of how society looks at that. Uh, spoiler alert. Not actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, that's also... So we have like a lot of stealth watches this week. <laughs> um, we'll call it Bespoke Watched. Yeah, Bespoke bespoke Watch. <laughs> um, but Raimi is the one we're nominally talking about and it's available on Hulu. Um, that's that's perking up to be a maybe someplace that's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they have didn't. I I think it might be something like they're gonna have like some Marvel stuff on it, cartoons. Oh, or you might be right. Something yeah. like that. So. Well, it's interesting to watch the development of streaming TV, because where streaming TV picked up was like, oh, we'll take we'll take all the indie stuff. We'll take all the super well-written stuff by not super famous people. Mm. And then each one has kind of, like, Amazon canceled all its its small projects and they're only focusing on blockbusters. And Netflix, mm. little by little, is getting rid of the smaller funny stuff and, like, doing Norwegian murder mysteries. <laughs> and, like, I don't know if Hulu... I mean, I guess that's where the money is. The money is in the money. Um, yeah, that's always. But if case. you could if corner there's any money in YouTube, you know it would be we should be streaming PewDiePie versus whatever. Yeah, yeah. If, but if Hulu starts to be the home for that um, smaller, more carefully considered low budget stuff, um, that's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, it's it, pretty it, cool <laughs> for a rerun channel. The, the, the stuff with, with without the money. 
is going to siphon down somewhere. At least it has a place to siphon it down to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, in a couple of years, we'll pitch our project. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that's, uh, that's the ballgame. Noodles to you. Noodles too.